Uh, <laughs> I know we have to start. You're listening to Faded Mates. I'm Sarah McLean. I'm Jen Reed's Romance. And this is interstitial number two. I love it. Um, it's so Star Trekky. I'm like never. It, <laughs> I'm never gonna get over it. I don't know. Maybe we'll decide not to do inter- interstitial at some point. Maybe like we'll be reading uh, an Immortals After Dark book, and there will be some like wacky accession. No, Sarah. Interstitial no, forever. It's interstitials forever. I'm like I'm uh, already printing tote bags for our many listeners. <laughs> All right. Well, then, this is interstitial number two. And if you uh, were with us for interstitial number one, which is about rock star romances, you'll know um, why we chose our topic for this week, which is escorts. Yes. Well, and I would also like to say it's we mentioned it, but I think the kiss quotient we both loved this summer. And so I think it's also when a like a a perfect book kind of bubbles up to the top. It's then you're kind of, you know, reevaluating what other books did I like that were similar, that had a similar trope or theme. So I think for me, um, the kiss quotient put escort books back on my radar. Oh, that's an interesting, that's interesting. So I, um, came back to escort books not long ago, but it it predated the Kiss Quotient by a few months because um, I had really loved Claire Kent, who, um, I'll just jump right in. I'm just going to jump right in. We only have 10 minutes. (laughs) No. Lol. So I really love Claire Kent, and maybe someday we'll do like a space romance or like a prison romance uh, episode, and we'll talk about Claire Kent a little more. But I um, discovered her, and then I couldn't stop reading her, and I came to Escorted, which... um, I've read it too, and I also love it, so... Yeah, I mean, she's incredibly talented. And um, I came to Escorted, and Escorted is a um, virgin heroine who is nearly 30, or like just 30, um, who decides that she is going to rid herself of her virginity. And um, she hires herself an escort, a male escort, um, who is really delightful. And has this, like, very deeply emotional past and lots of scars (laughs) that he has to sort of come to terms with over the course of the book. And um, what's really amazing about this is so she she hires him because somebody has sort of recommended him. I imagine this is how hiring an escort goes. You sort of get a name (laughs) from somebody. Like a gynecologist. (laughs) I think I snorted. That's so embarrassing. <laughs> but it's so true. Like, you whisper them, this is a good one. I mean, you have to. I literally, no, first of all, none of my friends have ever suggested that I see an escort or given me a name. And I feel a little bit like, if this happens, why not me? Um, I think because you and I are both married, Sarah. <laughs> probably because my husband <laughs> would think that was weird. But that's not the point. The point is I want the chance to say no. Anyway, fine. Our heroine uh, goes looking for an escort, and um, she is given this name, and he's apparently quite skilled. And um, she goes to him, and they meet in a park, sort of in broad daylight. And he has this kind of moment with her where he's like, "You're asking me to do something that no one's ever asked me to do. No one's ever asked me to like rid them of their virginity, and I'm, I want to make sure I do it right for you." 
and instantly you're sort of deeply drawn to this character who clearly has skill and like thinks of his work as you know a job and is competent but not only that is also just sort of very aware of the importance of this particular moment particularly when someone hires an escort to rid them of this you know right yoke even though virginity <laughs> is a construct don't at me um i would never <clears throat> at you you would never i know you would never but someone would sure so um, and so it goes on from there. And then, of course, she falls for him. And she's a romance novelist. Um, it kind of it kind of reminded me in that way of, um, like, romancing the stone. Maybe we have to bring up a movie yeah. every time, too. Yeah, that I could see that. I could see that. So, um, and then they sort of fall for each other. And then there's this really lovely, the way Claire writes, there's this really lovely reveal of how their emotional connection um, becomes more and more intense. Um, because we know the heroine is falling for the hero, but he's so impenetrable, you know, because by virtue of his career. Um, and so it's a really delightful sort of tumble into love. And I've read it multiple times and I love it and I can't recommend it enough. I love it too. So it's interesting actually, because the Curio and the Curio Vignettes by Kara McKenna has a very similar setup. Which is, it's a, a, a woman named Carolee. She's uh, almost 30. She's living in Paris as a curator. And she does not want to turn 30 and still be a virgin. And so she, like... What is the deal with 30 and virginity? Because my next book is also a 30 virgin book. Well, mine isn't, so don't <laughs> worry. Um, I, well, I think, you know, I mean, I think honestly what it is, is it's not about 30 and virginity, right? It's about these like sort of bellwether birthdays and then our feeling of progressing through life and meeting a set of markers, right? Like your baby's supposed to roll over at five months and walk at 12 months. And I think we still have those. And you're supposed to lose your virginity before 30. Yeah, right. Sure. (laughs) Right. And I think, right. So society tells us we're supposed to have accomplished certain physical tasks, right? So I think that's, and that makes sense to me, even though it's a construct, I think I understand that feeling of I didn't do the things I was supposed to do by the time I was supposed to do them, right? And um, anyway, the, the, she hired, it has a very different initial setup, though. And Kara McKenna, I just think, writes is writes amazing books. And um, what happens is the woman, she like, they've exchanged letters or like written communication, but not actually ever talked on the phone. And her escort's name is Dieter. And she shows up his, his flat in Paris. And they basically agree. It's like a flat fee. It's kind of, he says, you know, like whatever you want to do, it's up to you. So she's very in charge of it. And she starts off by essentially saying like, I want you to undress. She asks him to masturbate. She wants to just watch him. Um, you know, so she's very in charge of it. And he says, you know, there's been, I've, I've done this before for other women who are virgins. It's, you know, and it's, it's what I liked about it is even though she's coming to him for, She's coming to him, right? Like, I need your help and assistance. He he very deftly puts her in the driver's seat of their whole interaction. Well, I think that that's why the sort of male escort concept works so well. At the same, so it's the same with the hero in um, Escorted, where he just sort of is so in control by virtue of his being hired for this particular task. 
but at the same time, he is keenly aware of her as controller, as the dominant mental figure, at least in the moment. And I think it adds this layer. I think it does a lot of things for the reader when it adds a layer of safety for the reader where you're not, you're not, you're not going to come to anything kind of unpleasant over the course of this book, right? Over the course of this sexual experience. And then on top of it, it adds this layer of like true, it's competence porn. It's like this literally, literally, this, <laughs> literally, this guy is so good at his, at this particular thing that he's, it's his job. Well, and also that, I mean, I think it, it, there's something really primal about a woman really being in charge, right? That that hits too. Like this, it's everything that's going to happen is going to be my decision. And I get to say exactly how I want this to go. And I think there's obviously a lot of reasons that would be very appealing to readers who are women, I think. Yeah. So my next book is sort of a escort romance-ish ish <laughs> you know fine um and i think um um the reason why we came to escort romances was because we talked about jm welsh's gigolo all the way and um i instantly i was like oh i want to do lisa Claypus's suddenly you and i love this book i love this book for so many reasons it ticks so many like pure id boxes for me um the heroine is plus size which i love um, there is he she is older than the heroine and then the hero rather. Um, she's 30 and the hero is 25. There are some there's just so much. She's a writer. There's so much about it that I love. Um, and they are and and so she is turning 30 and she's a writer and it's um Victorian, England. But this book is so great because the heroine, you know what I like about all these escort books, and maybe this is part of it too, it's like the heroine is always proactive in these books. Like, you don't just fall, stumble into having an escort. Like, this is a thing that a heroine decides she's going to do. She decides she's going to, like, walk out into her life and make a change. And it's going to be this, like, maybe it'll be a night, maybe it'll be a lifetime. We don't know. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, and I love that. So this heroine is turning 30. She's a spinster. And like 30 in Victorian England is not 30 in 2018. Like for real, she's done. Right? Right. She's cooked. So she goes to a madam and who's delightful. And she says, I want to hire a male escort. And the madam says, mm, okay. <laughs> um, but of course, like no madam in Elisa Claypa's novel is just a plain old madam. And she decides not. she's going to matchmake. And so she sends this woman, Amanda, on her on her birthday evening, um, a very handsome twenty five year old nobleman who doesn't know why he's there. And she she opens the door, and there he is. And he she thinks he's an escort, and he plays along. <laughs> um, and it's this book is so sexy. Um, it, I think it might be Lisa Claypus's sexiest book. Okay, I'm going to tell you why that's true. And I don't know if you remember this from Twitter. There oh, was a point I where remember. Jenny, Jenny Nordbeck was like, that's the one with the butt stuff. And I was saying, <laughs> Lisa Claypus book? What? It it's is. Very- it's penetrative butt stuff. Um, that's pretty sexy for Lisa Claypus. For anybody, it's, really. It's pretty sexy. But there's also, like, there's so much about this book. 
you know, you you and I have talked a lot about miscarriages and romances and how they get managed. That happens in this book. Like there's there's so much to love about this book and about these two characters who just are perfect for each other. And I just, I mean, I love Lisa in so many ways. And this is, it is not my favorite of her books, but that's just because she's so good that another one is my favorite. <laughs> it, it, and it's, and it really, it goes somewhere you don't expect. I'll say this, right? But I do love her. Um, I, I loved everything about this book too. I think um, there, and there's a lot about, uh, and I can't remember the heroine's name because I'm terrible, but there's a lot about her, Amanda, Amanda, thank you. Her love of writing and her belief in herself as a writer, which I think for any, um, I love to read books about women who really are proud of them, of their own skills. And that really worked for me in this book too. All right. So my next one is she's not 30. She's 20. It's, Whoa. I know it, it's actually um, a very intense book. It, um, it's called The Companion Contract, and it's by an author named Solace Ames. And one of the reasons I picked it is because um, I, I do think it's really interesting how so many books with escorts and sex workers and strippers um, are are men, right? And if women are in those jobs in romance, they're often like adjacent, right? Like I work in a strip club, but I'm just a waitress. And I I understand why we do that in romance, but I wish we wouldn't. Um, I think if we really believe that romance is for everyone, then we believe that your job shouldn't really impact your ability to have a happily ever after. And so some of the books that have um, female sex workers in them, I think of as having the also the most fierce kind of really amazing heroines. And one I was thinking about doing was Burn Down the Night by Molly O'Keefe, but um, she's a stripper and I really wanted to stick to escort. So I picked this book instead. And in this book, the heroine's name is Amy Mendoza. And she is, um, she is uh, half Japanese, half Filipino, and her entire family got deported. Um, and she was the only one who was born in America, and her family really wanted her to stay. But she ended up staying with, like, sort of distant friends. She was maybe 12 or 13 when her family left, and she um, kind of runs away from that home and is kind of on her own. And when she turns 18, she signs a contract to start doing porn because she realizes that's going to be the only way that she can make enough money to send back to her family in the Philippines. And she like goes into this with her eyes wide open. And so she's been um, a porn star for a couple of years. And then the the book kind of opens when she meets uh, a man named Emmanuel, who is, um, he's in a band. It's funny, we just did rock stars. And he hires her to be like a sober companion, but also a companion companion to another one of the um, the musicians in the group. Someone who just really needs like, uh, like uh, he's got this edge for adventure and he needs someone to like be there to take the edge off and sex is going to do it. And Amy ends up falling in love with Emmanuel, but like, it's really unflinching kind of both her, um, like her, her life kind of before. And she's, she's not embarrassed by what she did, but she gets angry with, by the way people treat her. And she talks a lot about how people treat her like a thing and, um, you know, and, and her journey towards actually a, a relationship with Emmanuel. And I just think that, um, you know, that it's, 
It's queer friendly. There's a transgender character. Everyone in the book is treated with dignity and respect and because everyone deserves dignity and respect. And I think it's an escort book that really is an unflinching look at like everyone deserves a happy ending and it doesn't matter what your what your job is. And I think we are in romance a little more forgiving of men who do this work because of that like fantasy element. And I just wanted to make sure we talked about a book that oh, where a woman gets that same chance at an, at an HEA. Yeah, I love that because, you know, you're right. We, we picked, aside from this one, all male escort books. Um, and, you know, while those were the ones that came to mind for me, um, there, this is a massive trope in historicals. I mean, there are so many historical romances that touch on courtesan. I mean, the courtesan romance is, is a, is a subgenre of historicals. Um, you know, when I was growing up, Galen Foley was one of my very favorite authors. She wrote, uh, the Duke, her, her, the Duke is a, a hero and a courtesan. There's a very, very famous and very, very controversial courtesan book by Anna Campbell that I think is really remarkable if you're willing to sort of take on a challenging book. Um, the hero is a duke who um, has a courtesan who has been saving her money to get out of the job, and he is in love with her, and she leaves. She oh, takes wow. off. Like, one night she has, an, she has enough money, and she's done, and she leaves, and he is beside himself um, with panic that he no longer has her, and he abducts her and takes her away. Wow. Um, it's it's really, really, I mean, it, it is what romance can be in the sense that it ha- it's, it's a challenge to get through this book. It is beautifully written. I think Anna does a beautiful job, but it's not for everyone. Um, and I remember when it came out, there was this sort of discussion in romance that, like, it would, maybe that book was too much. Like, mm-hmm. maybe that crossed the line and somehow courtesan romances, um, you know, were supposed to be something that that book, but that book was too much because, and maybe, and I never knew, like, is it because of his actions or is it because she didn't, she had made this, again, this sort of choice to leave the, to, the book begins with her making this choice to leave this life. Um, I, I mean, and I, I anyway, the point is, um, we seem to accept courtesans in certain circles in romance. Right. Or, and, and I think that's okay. I mean, I think it's worth us like pushing the boundaries of that. And, but I also think it's profoundly personal, right? Like Mm -hmm. I think there are going to be books that like work for, you know, this one worked for me and not for you. But I, I think then it's more than anything else, right? Like we talk about romance all the time, but like sex and how we feel about, like people who do sex work and and whether or not that's a man or a woman or their age or like maybe the why they got into it like there's a lot of layers that like society builds into that and then that each individual person builds into that and i think that it can be a really interesting way for a reader to just sort of interrogate their own their own bias sure because there's also this other piece which is Courtesans are naturally, or, you know, escorts are naturally kind of slut-shamed, right, in in the world. That's just un- an unfortunate reality for the, the work. And um, there's something, the, the love that comes at the end of the book for sex workers in these books um, is a little bit about, I think, kind of honoring people with a sexual history, 
Right. And saying, like, it's okay. There's, there is love to be had. There's a really interesting, and I'll find some of her articles. There's a really interesting journalist, and I don't know if you've ever read anything by her. Her name is Melissa Gira Grant. Melissa Gira, yes. Yeah, she's, okay. Yes, we know her here oh. in our house. Oh, that's amazing. Because I feel like a lot of the ways I've like sort of formally thought about this have been through articles she's written. Mm-hmm. And I just think that she um, has really helped me, I think, get past a lot of like what I feel were like the biases I grew up with about about this. And I every time I see her say something on Twitter or read an article by her, I just think, oh, she's so smart. She's so smart. She's so, she's so smart. smart. Okay. Well, uh, oh, and we should actually mention that there is a Crossley Cole book with a, with a prostitute. I do love this one. I know it's, <laughs> well, ta- the master. We're going to get there, but it's the master. Oh, it's my favorite of that series. As problematic as it is in some ways, I, it is, it's, talk about id right there. Yes. Sophie Jordan will be joining us for that episode and uh, we'll get there then. So, um, we're happy to talk to everybody about our favorite escort books. We'd love for you to tell us about ones you have read and love um, by replying to these posts on Twitter or using the hashtag FadedMatesPod. Thanks so much. Don't forget to uh, subscribe to the podcast and like and leave a review. And if you are following along on the Immortals After Dark read, um, we our next book is No Rest for the Wicked, which is uh, Sebastian and Caterin's book. Um, and we will see you next week for the discussion of that, which will be bonkers. 